Magazine. Uh, first, we want to start off by asking you, how's everything going on your end? Um, you know, everything is good. You know, obviously, it's been a very tough uh, year um, for the world. Um, and yeah. thankfully, the um, uh, sorry, my text messages are going off for some reason. <laughs> um, um, but, you know, thankfully, you know, at least our sector of the music industry, you know, has, you know, been pretty much unchanged in, in the in the sense that, you know, people are still streaming music, et cetera. Obviously, yeah. for, you know, it's been hard for touring. It's been, you know, hard for, uh, you know, a lot of people. And so, you know, I feel lucky that as a record company, we've been able to, you know, help keep our artists afloat, you know, during mm -hmm. this period. Um, and continue to release music and and invest in in their careers and so um you know we feel pretty fortunate um in in that way got it all right and you own a multi-million dollar um well you're the founder of rosham records and the president um and it's mm -hmm. uh, been an independent label for 18 years um mm -hmm. could you tell us a bit about how you came up with the idea of wanting to have your own um label and when that came into play what are some of the things that you were able to try to do to keep your um label afloat so um i was at um arista records um from 2000 to 2003 right after college um and i um was the assistant to the president who was la reed at the time um and I, you know, my goal was to was to move into AR from being an assistant to moving into AR. And as I got closer and closer to that goal, um, I started to realize that, you know, I, I I've always had an entrepreneurial spirit. I, you know, I've always liked to do things my way. And so I, I there were just projects and things that I wanted to work on that didn't really yeah. feel like they were necessarily right for a major label is, you know, something, some more independent kind of stuff. And I was also writing music at the time and working on some projects on the side. And it just felt like something I wanted to try to do, you know, yeah. it, was, it was to start my own thing and, and be able to work on, on albums that, um, that I thought were interesting and, and, you know, not necessarily overly commercial at the time, but just, you know, stuff that I was excited about. Um, and so I took that leap of faith, which is something I think is easier when you're that young to do. Um, yeah. Cause when I look, when I look back at it, it's like, wow, you know, what made you think you could start a label? Um, and, um, but it was just one of those things like you're young, you're a little bit naive, you have that energy and you're like, you know, Hey, I'm going to start a record label. Um, and so, you know, it was hard and, mm -hmm. and I don't want to, you know, tell some sort of fairy tale story of like, Oh yeah, I decided <laughs> right. to start a label and it was immediately successful. You know, it right. was one of those things that for many years it was figuring out, you know, okay, how do we pay the bills this month? You know? Yeah. Um, 
and um, and it wasn't really until seven or eight years into it that we really kind of hit our stride as a company and I was really able to, to start hiring more people and you know making it a, a real um, uh, I don't want to say real but you know a bigger company that where we could actually work with uh, you know a lot of artists at the same time and, and yeah. this that and the other and so you know um, it, it, it wasn't easy um, but we feel really fortunate that we you know we had um, um, you know that we were able to work with the artists that we worked with particularly from my hometown of Pittsburgh yeah. Um, and, and really helping to put Pittsburgh on the map and, 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 um, and really helping to take things to the next level, you know? Yeah. And you mentioned that, um, you mentioned Pittsburgh artists, um, you were, you were in, um, uh, you were a part, like a part of kind of developing, uh, Mac Miller and, uh, mm -hmm. rest in peace to Mac. He's one of my, he's yeah. one of, he was one of my favorite artists, um, and he still is, but, um, yeah. you know, how was it being able to, uh, you know, be able to like, you know, be around him around the time, you know, when he was being developed into, uh, you know, Matt Miller? Yeah. Yeah. So I met Mac because, you know, um, Wiz was recording at a studio called ID Labs in Pittsburgh. Um, and Mac started, you know, recording at the same studio. And so we, we just kept bumping into each other. Uh, and he saw all the progress that Wiz was was making, and and you know Wiz was was really starting to become known, you know, across the country, and and um, and he so we just started a relationship, you know, that was at first very much arm's length. It was we would see each other at the studio. He would play me some new records. I would give him some advice. Mm -hmm. um, and and then we would see each other a couple weeks later, and. You know, it was really sort of around the time that he started making the songs that would eventually be the kids project. Um, wow. That we that we started taking the relationship, you know, a little bit more seriously, or at least I did, you know, in the sense that I was blown away by the progress he was making and his evolution, even at that time, um, and how much he had grown in just a small amount of time. And so that's when I started taking it more seriously, like, oh, maybe, maybe I should actually work with, with him, yeah. you know, um, yeah. and it kind of went from there. But, you know, he always amazed me because he would go from, you know, uh, from project to project and just evolve in this massive way each time. Um, and it was really amazing, you know, amazing to experience, amazing to watch and, and to help, you know, uh, you know, to help in any way that I could to support, you know, his vision. Nice. And you just mentioned that you were with Wiz as well. Um, how was it being yeah. able to um, kind of be a part of his development as an artist? So Wiz and I met Thanksgiving of 2004. Wow. Um, um, a, a friend of mine from high school. So it, it's funny because me, Wiz, Mac, we all many years apart went to the same high school um oh, wow. <laughs> and, yeah and all you know in pittsburgh um and so and a friend of mine from high school um who's more of my age um had been in a rap group and then he became a manager and he he was was his first manager and he um he knew that i had started a label and i was actually in new york at the time um 
and he's like, you know, there's a couple of artists and one in particular that you should really check out in Pittsburgh. And that was like music to my ears because <laughs> from the time I started Rostrum just a couple years before, I always wanted to find an artist from Pittsburgh, um, yeah. you know, my hometown and represent and all that kind of stuff. And, and because, you know, there was no real noise coming from Pittsburgh. It was like, yeah. you know, I would love to work with an artist from Pittsburgh. And so when he introduced me to Wiz, it was like, oh man, you know, um, he's really talented. He was really raw at the time, you know, like he was, he was just starting out, you know, but he had, he was, you know, he was writing, you know, great, great verses and, and um, he had a great presence about him. And it was just one of those things where it was like helping, you know, helping to coach a little bit on the song crafting side, you know, like, you know, maybe add a hook on this song and maybe do this, that, and the other. And the same thing with Eden from ID Labs, who was, who was really important in, in both Mac and Wiz's careers and musical development was just sort of making those suggestions and um, and again, helping to support where he was as an artist at the time. And then a lot of it was just patience, you know, with everybody, you know what I'm saying? Like it, it, it's, it's committing to work with an artist and then, and then letting it go at the pace that it's supposed to go and not trying to rush it not trying to push it too hard because you can, you know, make a lot of mistakes if you do that. Um, and it's really letting the artist grow in in uh, in the time that they need to grow. Um, and with Wiz, I mean, like I said, we we met Thanksgiving Thanksgiving 2004. We signed in 2005, early 2005 together. And it really wasn't for a number of years that, you know, that it actually started to take off. And so, you know, it, it was an important lesson for me, you know, in staying committed to an artist and, and not rushing it. And, and, um, and it's something that I hold to this day where it's like, look, even if it doesn't take off right away or, you know, or, you know, um, it, it, it's important to, to stick with it because yeah. it may yeah. years from now. And so if you're, if you're going to be committed, I'll be committed and let's, let's do this together, you know? Right. And um, and hip hop t uh, in the current state of uh, hip hop right now, um, what do you think is missing in the uh, in the arena as far as artists that are in the mainstream right now? What do I think is missing? Yeah. As, um, as, yeah. Um, well, I think it, it's, you know, I, I can't say something that something's missing across the board, right? Every artist is different. Yeah, every, right. every artist has their own mix of, of, you know, of positive things that they bring to the table. I think that, you know, one of the things that happens a lot nowadays is that, you know, a song catches fire, whether it's through TikTok or, or through, you know, other means, um, and it catapults that artist into the mainstream very quickly. Um, and sometimes the artist isn't fully baked yet. Um, and that's not a weed reference. That's like literally like, you know, like they're just starting out as an, as an artist and they haven't quite fully developed and they don't necessarily have follow-up records or a, or a live show or that sort of experience of touring or anything like that. And so they get pushed into the, into the mainstream very quickly 
and it's hard to support it, you know, or to keep it going um, for that artist because, you know, they haven't developed yet into, into that mature of an artist um, to keep it going. And so that's, you know, when, when, when Wiz developed or, or Mac developed, they'd been doing it for years, right? And they'd been doing shows, like smaller shows at first and, and, and develop themselves as, as live artists. Um, and, and that is why those artists have such longevity, you know, it's right. because they, they put in that time and they were able, and they were given that time to develop. And now, you know, it, a lot of times it happens really quickly. And, and, and sometimes I think it's to the detriment of the artist and their potential longevity is that they get thrown into it really early without the support that they need, without maybe strong management or, or, or strong guidance to really help them through it. And so it fizzles out a lot of times really, really fast. And, and that's a shame for everybody. What would your ideal artist be like? What kind of artist would you be wanting to sign right now if you were looking for another artist to sort of be a part of your label? Um, I look for um, someone that's really true to themselves. Yeah. Um, and can, can express it in a unique way. Um, I think that that sort of combination, like if you're true to yourself and you can express it um, uh, in the in the right way, it's sort of an unstoppable combination, right? Yes. Um, no matter what the genre is or what lane of hip hop it is or you, you know whatever, it's like if you're if if you're being yourself and, and you're able to translate yourself, if you will, to you know in song to the public, like that's something that everyone is gonna wanna hear and wanna listen to and get to know you a little bit more mm -hmm. and, and all that kind of stuff. And, and so to me, that's what I always look for, right? Um, you know, our, the, an artist we work with, um, Taliban Duda, like he's himself, like if you listen to his album, which is just incredible, um, it's called Fallen Angel. It was just released um, two or three weeks ago it's his debut album and it's just you know he's telling you his story you know and, and the yeah. things that he's been through and he's not saying anything that isn't true or, or that you know isn't himself and um and it's just an amazing album and that's that's what i'm looking for like as a listener that's what i'm looking for right is like you know tell me the truth mm -hmm. um and and tell me it tell me it in your own unique way and i'll listen um, and so that's that's what I'm always looking for. So you guys should sign Rush the Kid. Um, he's one of the uh, artists and a part of the mainstream um, rap hip hop mm -hmm. genre at the moment. Um, what exactly are you guys uh, looking forward to him for uh, this year, 2021? So we have a new single coming out on Friday, actually, um, with uh, Koi Leray. It features oh, nice. Koi Leray. Okay. Um, and I'm really excited about that release. Um, and, and we just have crazy songs coming up. Um, and it's something that, you know, I'm really excited about because um, the songs are so strong, right? Um, yeah. And, 
and it is a different type of situation for us, right? Usually we start with an artist from the very beginning, you mm-hmm. know, very early, you know, and, and stick with them for a number of years, et cetera, et cetera. You know, with Rich, Rich is already a big artist. Yeah. You know, when, when we signed him. So it's a different kind of experience for us. Um, but it's part of showing and proving that like independent doesn't mean small, right? Yeah. Um, that even though we're fully independent, we can still do things on a major level. Um, yeah. And that's why our sort of label tagline is independently major, right? It's, you know, um, working with Rich just sort of further proves that. And that we're we're a true alternative to going to a major label, right? Where you can get the resources that you want, where you can break songs the way that you want, where you can get the guidance that you need and the support that you need, in in a in in sort of a a, a more boutique way, you know, where we're more hands on, where you're you know you're not part of a a, a roster of three hundred artists or something like that, you know, where it's it's you know. Um, where the team is really able to focus in on it every day on your music and yeah. um, and do it on a, in a big way. And so that's what Rostrum is really all about. Got it. And um, because it's Black Music Month, I want to ask you this. Um, do you have a favorite song that has to be on your playlist by a Black artist? Ooh, <laughs> favorite song. You yes, know, I can only name one. <laughs> I know, right? Whenever anyone, the, the hardest question I always get, and this is just an everyday conversation, it's not necessarily like interviews, it's like, what are you listening to right now? You know, yeah. or, or what are your favorite, you know, who are your favorite current artists or, or something like that? It's like so very hard for me um, because I'm always listening to so much music um, and because I work in it, you know what I mean? So sometimes when I'm listening, it's not as, it's not always as a fan, right? It's, it's as part of, part of work um if that if that makes sense um but um man give me one second to think about this <laughs> um i'm gonna have to say me myself and i by de la soul oh nice that's one of my favorites too that was yeah. a great great choice all right Thanks. so i want <laughs> yeah i want to say um so I'm pretty sure there are a lot of people or, like, you know, probably just some kids in general or teens right now who would like to, um, you know, be the founder of their own record label. Uh, what is like some advice you could give to those people on um, how to start out in that process? First, first, it would be a warning um, not to dissuade them from trying. But to say that it's 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 not easy, you know, um, and so to be prepared for that, and to pre- be prepared that it's going to take longer than you think to get to really get going, right? But yeah. but, but aside aside from those warnings, um, I would say if you're passionate about it, if music is the only thing that you want to do, um and you believe in yourself, in your ears, in the people around you, maybe in the artist that, that you're already working with that you wanna start this label with, then, then go for it. You know, when, when I wanted to start a label, the best thing that ever happened was that my parents believed in me, 
yeah. right? Um, that the people around me, for the most part, believed believed in me. No one said like, "Why the hell would you want to do that?" You know, um, right. or I want you to, you know, you should go to law school, or you should, do, you know, like yeah. it was like it, it for some reason they believed in me, yeah. um, and that gave me the strength to believe in myself you know, mm -hmm. and to believe that I could do, do something like this. And, and so, you know, not only is the message to those that want to start something in, in the, in the, in the arts, you know, um, it, you know, to definitely go for it, if you believe in it, if you believe in yourself and, and, and you want to give it a go, like I, I give you the thumbs up for sure, but also to the people around those people, it's like, give them support, you know, Show them yeah. that, that you show them that you believe in them, you know, and that you're there for them, even if you, you know, you can't contribute monetarily or, or maybe you're not even good at music or anything like that. Even just, you know, a text like, yo, how's it going? Mm -hmm. You know, um, yeah. you need Can I help in any way? Like, you know, just to show that you're thinking about them and that and that you're supporting their vision gives people like us you know, who are really going for something, um, that strength, you know, to keep going on the days where you're just like, man, what the fuck am I doing? You know, yeah. um, because you, you're going to have those days, even if, even after you've had success, you're going to have those days, you know, where you're like, man, what am I, you know, am I doing the right thing? You know, should I keep doing this? You know, um, maybe I should do something different. Maybe, you know, this, that, or the other you know, it's always important to know that that people have your back. Yeah, absolutely. And because I write for Respect Magazine, I have to ask you this question. Um, so sure. what are the first things that come to your mind when you hear or see the word respect? What is your personal definition of that word? <sighs> the personal, so the definition of respect? Mm-hmm. My definition of respect is treating someone how you want to be treated right um and so that's how i determine how to be respectful of other people is 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 how do i want to be treated right and if i wouldn't want something said to me or, or done to me or i wouldn't want to be treated in a certain way certain way i would definitely not want to do that to, to somebody else you know um and so when i think about respect i feel like it's about thinking about self-respect and then and thinking about how to respect other people um sort of in the same way does that make sense oh yeah it does so i read that you're also a mental health advocate uh, mental health awareness month would just pass but i just wanted to uh, ask you what are yeah. what are some um, advice you would give to people who uh struggle with mental health and depression and all that stuff in that area yeah um i think i think the most important thing in working in music and and doing what we do is is creating boundaries yeah. right because particularly when you're young and you're and you're hustling and you're trying to get it and all that kind of stuff you know you you don't care about how many hours you're working or what time of day people hit you up or you know you just kind of go 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 right yeah and and sometimes when you're young you can do that and i did that you know for a while and but at a certain point you know it, it starts to catch up with you um 
And so I think that setting boundaries, right? Like, you know, um, protecting yourself, um, protecting your, your mental state, you know, yeah. if, if you don't feel like picking up the phone right now when someone's calling, you know, <laughs> that it's okay, you know, yeah. to, to call them back when you're ready. Um, and, and to, and to be communicative about those boundaries with the artists that you're working with, with the other people on your team, um, whatever the situation is to say, look, you know, between five and eight is my family time, you know, and if it's emergency, sure, hit me up, you know, what I mean? but if it can wait until before or after that, you know, then that's, that's ideal for, for me because I need that time to feel balanced, you know, um, yeah. and, and so to me, it's about creating boundaries, but also communicating with people. Um, and also, I would say if you need help, you know, if you're in a position where you feel overwhelmed, or you're, you're, you know, you feel really depressed, or you, or you feel anxious, and, and, mm -hmm. um, and you feel like you need help, that it's okay to ask for help, yeah. you know, and it's, it's okay to say that you're not okay, you know, because we all say like, hey, how are you? Hey, I'm great. How are you? You know, like, it's just like, the, <laughs> Right. It's just how we communicate with each other is just, you mm -hmm. know, we, we, we put on this front that everything's fine, <laughs> right. you know, and it's not, and sometimes it's not, you know, sometimes it is and, and sometimes it's not, and it's okay. It, you know, we have to get rid of the stigma of, mm -hmm. of, of, you know, mental health issues and, 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 right. and make it comfortable to people, for people to raise their hand and say, you know what, I'm not okay you know, I actually, I need to talk to somebody, um, or I think I might need medication, um, or whatever, and, and for, for that not to be looked down upon, you know, um, yeah. I think it's really important, I think that's why, you know, I've, I, when I've gone through the things that I have gone through, um, mm -hmm. with, with anxiety, with, with my OCD, um, is that I felt like it was important for me to talk about it out loud, which is yeah. why a few years ago I wrote that um, I wrote a billboard article um, about my struggles with mental health um, in the music yeah. industry, and it was it was a scary thing to do, but I, I thought it was important, and it ended up being one of the best things I've ever done. Um, yeah. It is to just say like, hey, I've had problems. You know what I mean. And, mm -hmm. and sometimes I'm still dealing with, with problems and I don't feel less of a person by saying that. Um, and hopefully it helps other people feel less alone in their struggles. Um, and, um, and that's why I did. And that's why, you know, I continue to do it. And, and half of my posts on, on, on my Instagram stories are just like, you know, somehow related to like mental health you know, yeah. or taking care of yourself or, you know, whatever is just like, I want to try to normalize that, that kind of discussion and not make it weird or taboo or something like that. Got it. All right. And that's going to end our interview, Benji. Thank you so much for uh, doing this interview with Respect Magazine. Uh, we barely appreciate it and um, enjoy the rest of your day. You too. Thanks so much, Ayanna.